joined by Jen and Andre, your favourite film lords, right here on Mornings, with me, Maya Bielik, for movies, movies, movies. Welcome, Jen. Welcome, Andre. How are we? Good morning, everyone. Happy Mardi Gras. Indeed. Happy Mardi Gras. Is it just me, or is Mardi Gras better that people can't party? I'm just going to rip the bandaid off and just ask, what is happening with WandaVision? You guys dropped those two words before, and I have been running away from the show, but you guys are hooked? Well, I got censored. I wanted to play Wanda's... (laughs) Vision by Ocean... I don't know, anyway. Ocean Kelly. Google that one. Look, okay. I am not a Marvel person, but I think more than anything, the way that this short series has been written, unbelievable. Really? So well done. So well pieced together. Like, it does definitely have the extra... um, extra piece of like satisfaction for viewers if you are invested in the Marvel Universe mm. because there are but, so many Easter eggs, but... But you put it down to the writing. Well, Crazy. It's, it's just written so well and pieced together so good that you mm. just get hooked. That's mm. very interesting. I'm not a Marvel person. I'm not even a TV person or a film person. I don't like anything, to be honest, but I love Elizabeth Olsen. Mm. I love her. I was there from the start, mm. you guys. I was there pre-Martha Marcy <laughs> May Marlene. I was the original OG... So I'm going to have to give it a shot, but... I it's do, worth it. You think it's worth I'll it? I'll give you my Disney Plus login. Or, Jen, you can give me your I'm USB. Just, yeah, <laughs> I'll give you a USB. Jen, chime in, you got ten words. Uh, WandaVision, <laughs> fabulous until Kat Dennings rocks up. Unfortunately, what? not Kat Dennings' fault. Okay, so not absolutely fault. wrong. Kat Dennings is classic. But that episode... Have you watched past it? I tried to get through the Malcolm in the Middle episode, and it was so grating. Oh, you gotta. I've got to. I've got to push through. Yeah. It's push- just so hard. The moment, The moment Marvel makes me cringe, I have to turn it off. Well, because the, spoiler, next episode oh, is give it away. framed like Modern Family. You're not selling it to me. <laughs> but it's like a piss take. Is Sofia Vergara in it? No. <laughs> Wait, this just sounds like too many cooks, to be honest. It's too many is cooks. It kind of too it many is cooks? a bit too many cooks. Let's push past this and get into the meat of the show. We got yes. a ticket giveaway to Minari, the A24 Oscar beta this yes. year, which is only in its last week in Australian cinemas. And so doesn't have a single Golden Globe nomination. It does, Jen. You didn't read the news properly. It's nominated oh. for Best Film in the Foreign Language. But that's okay. Oh, no, that's true. You guys can go check it out. We've got double passes in physical form to give away. And we also have an interview with Ryan Tricartin and Lizzie Fitch, who are showing at Cement Fondue until this Sunday. But first, let's hear some stings. Let's get into the biggest part of the show, I think, today. Movie news, right mm-hmm. here on FBI. I got lost. That's gossip. Movie news. That's gossip. Take it away. Oh my god. Hearing Shout out voice. to those French bulldogs. Oh, found and safe, but not the oh. dog walker. Oh dear. Anyway. They had to sacrifice a life for the French bulldogs. It does. It wasn't officially in our news, but she is shooting Gucci right now in Rome, somehow. The, the, How the, is Gaga allowed to be in Italy? The Ridley Scott film? Yes. Because she has Italian residence. Because <laughs> <laughs> of her name, Gaga. <laughs> this time last year, 
It'll anyway, different players. So. In movie news, the Golden Globes. I'm starting with the Golden Globes news because I don't want to dive straight into Woody Allen. No. Please have some sensitivity. The Golden Globes are going to kick off from midday Australia time, and we can expect all the controversies that accompany every single American awards show, mainly the call-outs for not having enough black voters in the Hollywood none Foreign Press. for two decades. Oh, none for two decades, that's what it is. That's it. And also the lack of a nomination for Michaela Cole's show, I, I May Destroy You, which is by far <sighs> the most critically lauded show of the year. And also Emily in Paris taking home two nominations despite baiting the Hollywood Foreign Press with a trip to their set and two nights stay in a fancy five-star hotel in Paris. Jen, do we have anything interesting to comment I on the Golden Globes? I do want to award a Golden Globe to that giant croissant that she eats. Which one? <laughs> Literally, which one? <laughs> which one? So many. But there is the chance that Chloe Zhao may become one of the very few female directors, I want to say second female director, to win the Best Director Golden Globe after Barbara Streisand won. Yeah, not to be GG apologist, but there are more women nominated in Best Director category than ever before. Name them. Uh, Chloe Zhao, <laughs> uh, Emerald for Fennel, Nomadland. yes, for fake name Emerald Fennel. I'm sorry, who played Camilla Parks Bowl in The Crown, which is also nominated for a bunch of awards. Yeah. Who, I mean, you love this season. I love this season. Beautiful. And it has been revealed that Prince Harry tuned into The Crown. Oh, we have heard that. Right. He loved The Crown. He doesn't like the Hollywood Foreign Press, though. New. Um, right. And then in other news, Alan V. Farrow is airing a very important episode today where Dylan Farrow confesses as a seven-year-old to the abuse that she received at the hands of her father, Woody Allen. Uh, she was saying that she'd never seen the footage, but Mia gave her the footage to use in a court case, but decided to give it to the filmmaker. She's watched it for the first time. And but there's an important good. element to the story. It's a home video. It's a home video. Of Mia Farrow filming Dylan? Am I filming correct? Dylan. Yes. Mm-hmm. That uh, seven. then many people in the court case framed as Mia Farrow coaching Dylan mm-hmm. as a woman scorned that her lover had left her for a younger woman. Mm. Maya, tell us, you've been watching the show. I watched How the first felt? episode. Uh-huh. It's kind of gripping and it's a little bit uncomfortable in the sense that nearly all of the family is involved. Everyone is doing an interview, so you've got Ronan in there, um, Mia's other adopted children from her first marriage who did have a very big relationship with Woody are also involved. Notably, of course, not Woody himself or his wife, Soon Yi. But just the way that a lot of their family friends are attesting to the very unusual relationship they had growing up, that, like, any time Woody would rock up, he would take Dylan away and treat her as, like, something different Mm. or frame when Mia had a new baby that... She didn't want to spend any more time with Dylan and didn't have time for her, despite using this to make Dylan upset, would still say the same things. Just all forms of creepy and, I think, again, more than anything, what uh, Dylan... What uh, our... I can't even remember the name now. (laughs) What um, Farrah v. Allen goes to show more than anything is this really humanistic element that at the end of the day there is a person at the centre of this who's been so incredibly affected by Mm -hmm. what's been happening Mm -hmm. that this has to be treated as more than the biggest open secret in Hollywood and the butt of many jokes. Mm -hmm. Mm. Indeed. Is there any conversation about the subliminal messages in the Woody Allen films which basically like scream that he, he may have, they may have done this, considering all his films. Not yet, but I know there are a couple episodes and they're teasing them or releasing them by week. So I think all of that 
backtracking will be coming in after this episode. Wow, there you go. And if you want to see something else tonight from 30 years ago, you can go see Vegas in space. <laughs> I don't know why that was a segue. <laughs> That's not a segue. Um, but you can go see Vegas in space uh, only if what? you dress in galactic drag. What's Vegas in space? So Vegas in space is this babes in space all drag movie that was invented after so Ginger Rogers threw a party in San Francisco 30 years ago. And Doris Fish was like, we have to keep these sets up. We have to shoot a film on this. So they got their filmmaker friend from film school to come over. And then Doris Fish famously did sex work to fund the whole thing. Would go in with a client with a trick and then come out with another $100 to do another scene. So it's basically the, one of the most famous ex- DIY resourceful drag, drag, drag films ever. Yeah. Went to Cannes, went to Sundance and then vanished for 30 years. Famously... We held the first screening of it again in Australia. Pole, in Australia, the Red Rattler, three mm-hmm. years ago. And true. it's back for its 30th anniversary tonight at Universal. It's sold out, but you can get in if you dress in galactic drag and compete. <laughs> which Jen and I contemplated it, and then we just thought, we can't do that. Oh, we're just at capacity. We're just at capacity. <laughs> I still think there's time to do it. You are wearing your headphones like you're from Metropolis right now. I famously wanted to go in, um, in the, in, as a drag performer to this event tonight but as the United flight that had that engine failure I know week. we both had engine failure ideas I wanted to go as the burnt to a crisp Soviet astronaut from the Adam Curtis documentary Can't Get You Out of My Head that I, just came out I also wanted to go as the turbo engine from Donnie Darko that falls on his house oh and, my god oh my god as a drag as a drag <laughs> <laughs> Well, this just goes to show how much we know about drag culture. You can still see Vegas in space <laughs> if you're an actual drag queen. It's tonight at the Universal. And if you aren't interested in drag culture, come moi, <laughs> you can catch Minari because we have physical tickets to give away to the local screening at any cinema. Uh, we don't have a question for people to text in. Text in the best A24 film that didn't make you annoyed at how American it was for your chance to win a double pass to go see Minari. We all know A24. It's the Phineas of film production companies. Very, you know, slick and clean and pretending to be low budget, but it's actually huge budget, you know. But stay tuned, because I think we have our favourite interview of our entire career here coming up after the break. This has been a long time coming. These are our favourite filmmakers in the whole world, I think. And we managed to talk to them on a Zoom call last week, and it was really special and meaningful. So stay tuned. We're going to go to a track, but... 0409-945-945 is the number to get your hands on some tickets to see this beautiful film. Don't forget, you need to be an FBI Radio supporter. If you're not, all you got to do is head to fbiradio.com slash support. Join really quickly. Drop your supporter number in your text with your answer. Bitch, I'm on a mission. I'm the fuck through, pump, pump the system. Bitch, 
stand the fuck up, pussy attention. I'm a bad bitch, pussy detention. Let's go to my pussy dimension. I'm joined by Jen and Andre, my favourite film lords. I hope they are yours too. <laughs> um, we're about to get stuck into a very special interview that Jen, you teased as your collective favourite filmmakers. Mm. Can we get stuck into a little bit of the background here? We're interviewing, we have interviewed Ryan Treykarton and Lizzie Fitch, who are easily the most imitated most influential movie-making video artists of the past 20 years. And I'm not just speaking hyperbole. I can't think of a single video artist duo that has had the kind of impact that they have had on the art scene. Jen, can you help me out here? Absolutely not. I mean, they're the most write- written about, most fun, most, uh, mm. like, expansive. I mean, maybe career. John Raffman? Maybe but... John Raffman, but even that was, like, I feel like he's kind of insta-narrow. I feel like Ryan yeah. and Lizzie are joyous and free and liberating and experimented with the YouTube form more than anyone else. And all of their films essentially are up on YouTube for you to watch. So if you ever want to Google them and go into an absolute spiral, their films are like two hours long and they're all available on Vimeo on YouTube. They're these ecstatic, hyper-pop, post-internet, Tumblr, barrage, nightmare, collage, mind grabs that started in the early 2000s, kind of circa Blair Witch Project, those early Mm -hmm. VHS, digicam, home movie aesthetic type films, and then morphed into these really frenetic, kind of area of adult swim, pre-too many cooks level of just craziness. And the mumbo-jumbo cartoon films that go for hours and they're just expansive and they're long and they're part of installations and they're all on YouTube. Mm. But they're in a show at the moment at Cement Fondue, Mm -hmm. Attention Tourist, which goes till this Sunday. And Make sure you walk upstairs because so many people have gone to that show and not known that there's a secret attic room with Temple Time, which I think is their best one. And they're showing Temple Time and Mark Trade, which are films that have been made in Part the past. Part of the kind of like Center Jenny area of their filmmaking. Center Jenny's available online, stars Aubrey Plaza. It's really cute and fun. It has big brother energy. Everything's on green screen. Everyone's, you know, destroying cars with s- skateboards. So if you want a big dose of internet mayhem, check out their work at Cement Fondue. It's open from Wednesday. And we had the absolute pleasure of speaking to them. We have an extended interview that will drop on Wednesday, but we're going to give you a little sneak peek sneak sneak peek of the chat right now. We talk about A Family Finds Entertainment and Ivy Area, which were two of their way earlier films, which kind of jumps out of their careers. So the sneak peek conversation that we're going to show is about becoming a video artist, what it takes, uh, also what money means to them and what it meant to them at the start of their careers. All right, we are going to dive right in here on Movies, Movies, Movies. I, FBI, right? FBI? I, FBI, I'm Ryan Chicard. Hey, FBI, I'm Lizzie Fitch. We make movies. Uh, we make movies. 
<laughs> Can you also say because our show is movies, movies, movies? Oh, okay, yeah. Because our oh, because our shows because our show is movies, movies, movies. Really? Movies, movies, movies. I heard my friend actually works at Cement Fondue where Temple Run Temple Time Temple Run is showing, yeah. which is like upstairs and no one knows it's even there. Anyway, that's another story. We're going to tell everyone on the radio to climb upstairs to see Temple Time, but. They were telling me that you send this like giant like fold out like this book about how to install it. Is that your like baby manual or your like house like here's how to look after the house like? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we, how to change a diaper? Yes. <laughs> yeah, be really careful. <laughs> we we usually the angle that we usually approach these interviews with is. For, of, no, you go. It's sorry. for people who want to make work who maybe are resourceful filmmakers or DIY filmmakers or unfunded. Can you guys speak about coming into your careers and money and financing and what that's like? Yeah. To people? Well, <laughs> I mean, for well, for us, we in in the beginning, well, we were really lucky to get an opportunity to show a family finds entertainment, which is like gave us an opportunity to make another movie. And we just kind of took the risk. Like we took out a bunch of credit cards and funded Iberia mostly on, on credit cards. Yeah. And also we had a dealer at the time who sold some sculptures and we were able to use that money to put it into the movie. So really our early work was all self-funded and then we made the money back. Um, I was just gonna say, we're still not good with money. Yeah, like, it's, it's complicated. We, still, we put everything we into still what just we do. put it all back in. Which... No matter what the project is, we break even or we lose some. Because even if we have a budget, we end up going over and we put yeah. our own money in. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, I don't know. It's been also because of the world that we work in. It's like there is, I don't know how the film world works where there's like, a, I don't know how all those, all that stuff gets funded, but we just fund things in whatever way is possible at the time, which yeah. sometimes is a collector, sometimes is a gallery, sometimes is ourselves. But every time it does grow and we get access to different ways of finding money, but the, putting everything into the work never seems to change, you know? Yes. Yeah. You also have such a community and a network of performers and actors that want to work with you that must grow each time. That's the thing that for us too, it's like we actually we have been trying and never successfully getting budgets that could actually like adequately pay the people who work for us and that's something that we definitely want to change because it's like it is fair but I think in a creative exchange but kind of way but I also think that there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to value their work as much as you value any other actor's work. No, I mean, it's, I feel like so much of our project is creating uh, creating ways to hang out with our friends that are novel. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, I mean, totally. so, that, so that they're like, you're generating ideas together and encapsulating experience and, and, and uh, conversation and, and through just ways that you just don't do in normal life, like going to a bar. But it's like, but it's like at a bar when people are drinking and stuff, there's like that play with language that happens, you know? So... It's like there's so many other ways that you can play and invent um, with the people in your life. Movie yeah, uh-huh. making a great way.
I want to talk about your Friday with Run and Rent there, special request for Jen. We're in Movies, Movies, Movies. Jen, Andre gave us the spiel as I play, or I'm about to play, this cheeky sting for what's about to happen. We are giving away tickets to Minari, physical, printed, beautiful cardboard tickets to Minari, which is going to swoop the awards. Probably starting from today, when the Golden Globes start airing from midday. It's a A24 film about a Korean family that moves to America and kind of falls victim to the American dream slash nightmare slash pharma capitalism, <laughs> but also has that kind of A24 tinge of human... Ver- it, it's the kind of movie that you describe as 
a movie we need for right now. You know what I mean? Well, that's literally how they're selling this movie. Wait, did I steal that from the poster? I think you stole that from the poster. Oh my god, okay. Well, there you go. It's the movie for right now, and it's Minari, and, and it's bound. The cinematographer obviously had like a tumble full of Tarkovsky stills before mm, they shot it. Definitely, 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 definitely. Uh, so text in if you're a supporter uh, what your favourite A24 film is that isn't overrated. We had someone text in a film that we didn't actually know. Am I saying too much? Should we just play the sting? Let's play the sting. Okay. <laughs> Spotlight. 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 All right, here we go. Jenny, are you an A24 gal or not? Because I've been dirtying it out all day on A24 and I'm wondering if uh, you're actually a huge supporter and you love Midsommar and Lady Bird. My dream job is to be to replace the person who introduces the A24 podcast. Oh, how niche. <laughs> <laughs> Today we have Kelly Reinhardt uh-huh. and... Richard Lunnigan, Kenneth Lunnigan, uh-huh. talking to us about it's just no personnel, no stage presence. Someone needs to replace that. And... But um, yeah, no, I, I'm conflicted with A24. I think at the time I was like such a who's the other one? Um, Annapurna. Mega, yeah, Annapurna Stan. I don't know why that has to be a binary, but I really was into Annapurna, and maybe problematically so. Maybe A24 is on the right side of history at the end of the day. Um, loved First Cow last year. Mm. Feel like maybe A24 is shaking off the dust and really settling into, like, a kind of weird American dream-style place, you know? It's very... I find A24 to be a bit reactionary. Like, they're a little bit like, okay, we have Donald Trump as president, we better make, you know, Mm. something with the American flag and a market cap, but, like, put someone we don't expect in it. Like Rami. Yeah, like Minari. Yeah, I I look at A24 and I know how much... I, I think about how much money they have, and I think, why is the intro to Euphoria just the name of the show? Like, where's the theme song? Where are the visuals? Where's the cutting-edge intro? Why do we just have Euphoria as one word against a black screen? Yeah, you love a title sequence. I love a title sequence. Me too. And Euphoria hasn't got the title sequence. Even if it's short and quick, you know, it doesn't have to be a three-hour, like, House of Cards intro. Maya, how much audience attendance have we lost by talking about A24 (laughs) for at least three minutes? (laughs) Hopefully not any, but this is your last chance to text in on 0409-945-945 and get some tickets to see Minari. We're going to take some uh, textures in for the next three minutes only. Mm -hmm. So up until 10.46. And then the text line is closed for entry. So on that Mm. note... Someone texted in um, an A24 film that we hadn't even heard of. Yes. Can you dish? So Sharon Murray, we love you. Uh, Big shout out because you texted in The Last Sunrise, which is meant to be a goodie. It looks good. Okay, I'm going to try and guess what that is. It's a Richard Linklater film about a family who holidays somewhere and all their plans fall in the gutter and then they have to confront their past demons on a family holiday before they go back to their home in Tacoma, Washington. It actually looks like a sci-fi from looking at the poster. Not to make a guess, but it's a sci-fi. And I honestly think if you went as something from The Last Sunrise to... Universal tonight mm. for their galactic drag mm. performance. You could get into Vegas in space, and I think you could sweep the competition. We could win. We're giving you three options for film screenings this week. We're giving you Minari. We're giving you attention tourists at Cement Fondue until this Sunday at Cement Fondue until this Sunday until this Sunday at Cement Fondue. And we've also given you Vegas in space tonight at the Universal, which is sold out unless you're a sci-fi drag queen who wants to go see an iconic Monday night movie at a club. And on that. Jen, Andre, thank you for popping through today. 
brilliant show as always. Uh, you can listen back at fbiradio.com slash programs or check out the Movies, Movies, Movies podcast. Just look up FBI Radio wherever you get your potties from and Movies, Movies, Movies will be there. Jen, Andre. And good luck to everyone at the Globes. 